podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli Calcio Podcast. This is a podcast devoted to Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. We've got another bonus episode for you today. I'm very pleased to welcome our next guest. He is a freelance football writer and a co-host on the excellent Cultural Connection podcast with Alex Dono. He also happens to be a Laziale and a massive Chiro Immobile fan. Jerry Mancini, welcome to Forza Napoli. Ciao, Joe. Ciao. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. I brought you on to preview our match on Thursday, which is massive for both of our clubs. I go over the top of the table almost every episode, but just as a reminder, Napoli are currently sitting in 5th place in the table, 2 points clear of Lazio in 6th. However, Lazio still have that game in hand against Torino, which is not a gimme by the way. We saw them just steal points away from Roma, which is an altogether different story. But assuming Lazio win that match, you'd actually be 1 point clear of us in the table, so needless to say, this is a huge game. I want to start with Lazio's recent form. You've won 5 straight games now. So I'm sure you're happy about that, but would I be wrong to say that Lazio haven't been their best during that stretch? No, you're not wrong. They they haven't been great during that stretch. And we saw against Benevento, they were up 4-1. And I don't know if it's more of a mental relapse, like they just let things slide or they become too relaxed in the back or just overall, but they need to keep their foot on the pedal and just keep going. When you're up 4-1, you can't just think the game's done. Um, maybe the weather was a factor into it because it started raining in the second half and the field conditions, I, I don't know. But maybe Chiro Immobile's missed penalty on Sunday could have sparked a little bit of a, a momentum shifter there for uh, Benevento because shortly right after you got a penalty awarded to Benevento, they convert it 4-2 with half an hour left and all of a sudden they're believers again. So, you know, what the last five wins, I would say maybe one or two were pretty good, but overall a little streaky. I know that we had the one nothing win against Undinese. That wasn't the greatest convincing factor. I thought that Marisic was very lucky to get that beautiful strike in the first half. After that, our chances were very far and limited. For me, I'm curious to see how we match up against a more deeper Napoli squad this time around because Lazio were very fortunate the last time these two sides met, Insigne had the red card. Mertens, unfortunately, and, and I never want to see a player get hurt, was injured against Inter. And it was kind of a freak injury, I think, when he was running down the, the flank there. And Koulibaly left the game against Lazio in the second half. I remember that. You know, Lozano left early in the first half against Lazio as well. So these are a lot of factors. Ossiman wasn't available. So all of a sudden, what is Gattuso really stuck with? And, and like you always say, this is a guy who, you know, his tactics are very limited. He's not the most tactical manager. You take away five great options and you're really stuck with a guy who is not going to really outdo himself. He It's going to be very tough for him. So I think this time around, that won't be the case. And 
he will have more tricks up his sleeve on Thursday. Yeah, we'll come back to the previous match in just a second. I do want to... I went back to my notes on some of the previous Lazio matches, and I thought the Udinese one was actually one of Lazio's better performances out of the, the last five. The The game before Benevento, Lazio needed a 92nd-minute winner from Sergei Milinkovic-Savic against Hellas Verona. Prior to that, they got, I would say, a fortunate win over Spezia. I'm not even necessarily referring to the penalty kick in that match. I I actually thought that was the right decision. I know a lot of people disagreed with that, but I just felt like Spezia played well in that match and probably deserved at least a draw. Let's say that was the game where Daniela Verde scored the ridiculous overhead kick, Um, but Lazio did manage to pull away the three points there. You mentioned that Udinese game, and then before that, there was the Crotone match, which again, I think that was one that Lazio definitely deserved to win, but just like against Benevento, you definitely didn't make it easy on yourself. You conceded leads twice in that match, up 1-0, then 1-1, 2-1, 2-2, and then eventually another late Felipe Caicedo winner. Ironically, even though he's been struggling to score, I actually think Chiro Immobile has still been playing very well during that stretch of games. He's not scoring, but you know it seemed like he was creating plenty of chances, particularly for Yaquin Correa, who has been struggling lately. What are your thoughts on Immobile's play lately? I, I personally don't think he hasn't been that bad. You always said a good point offline is that strikers are judged by goals. And it's kind of unfair because Immobile has really contributed much more than the goals in the last nine matches. He ended an eight-game scoreless drought, I believe, which was against Benevento now. He scored a brace. And aside from the two goals that he scored, even the first goal, which was an own goal, was really his effort to first stay onside. He executed a perfect run in behind the defense. A little unfortunate, it went off Montipo's back and in. But if he doesn't make that effort to execute that play, there isn't a first goal. So it's the little things that he's done. And even though that his confidence may be a little bit down, I don't think it's more of a confidence issue here. It's more of more frustration that he keeps on hitting posts, crossbars, uh, getting quality chances. I think he had like two or three chances against Spezia that he should have scored. And even when he's not scoring, I think he's a very good passer. And that's one thing that he that I'm very impressed with his game is that he's not a selfish player like he was maybe two years ago where he thought that he had to take all the shots. He never liked to make a pass. And I think that 2018-19 was a bad season for many Laziales. Sergei Malinkovic-Savic was one of them where many thought that he was going to be uh, sold. And for Immobile, he's become more than just a leader. He's very mature, and I think that really helps his squad a lot. And on Sunday, there was a few moments where he elected to make the pass. I think that where Correa drew the penalty, I think that he was a little lucky because that shouldn't have been a penalty. And Wantipo goes out, makes the save, and he goes into Correa. Now, I know that he's making the attempt on a player, but in that situation, Immobile should have made the pass to Alberto if anybody watched the game because he had so much space up the middle that he could have just made the shot and scored. So, but you know, overall, I'm happy with Immobile, his effort in games, his ability to make the runs, uh, even track back to help the defense. That's another thing that I'm very impressed with is that his ability to to come back and, and be that extra body in the back end when they're really 
tied in and, and they don't regain possession. So when I watch guys like Correa, Vidat Marici, uh, even Caicedo at times, they don't track back like uh, Immobile does. And I think that those are the little things that a lot of people forget and don't look at, which help you win games as well. Yeah, I think Napoli fans feel the same way about Lorenzo Insigne, even when he's not necessarily scoring. And he doesn't score as often as Chiro Immobile does. But you see that effort, that hustle to track back and help defend. And you know that that they're still contributing. You mentioned Immobile's maturity. Not only did he pass to Correa leading to that penalty, which I actually still think was the correct decision. I know it was, it was unfortunate for Benevento that Montipo's momentum carried him into Correa. But to me, that's still a foul. But Immobile let Correa take the penalty. Now, maybe he wouldn't have had he not already scored. But the fact that he did, to me, says that Immobile is thinking more about the success of the team than he is about the success of himself and and racking up goals. Because I guarantee you, I know (laughs) you've had some interesting tweets about Cristiano Ronaldo. But to me, that's a situation where I don't think if... Ronaldo passes to Alvaro Morata and Morata gets fouled and he's struggling to score that Ronaldo hands that ball to Morata. I think he takes it himself to to rack up the stats, but Immobile gave the penalty to Correa there. That's a very good point. And I actually didn't write this in my match report for the game, but I saw a tweet from the Laziale basically saying Correa actually said that Immobile wanted him to take the penalty. Correa never asked and, and Immobile told him, you take the penalty. And I'm guessing that because he was the player who concealed the penalty, who worked hard for it, basically saying, well, you're the foul, you're the player that got fouled, it's you that has to take it. And that's another example of Immobile just being more of a team player. And, and I think that's really important because you've always alluded to this, is that strikers being captains for, for their clubs is not always the best decision because it's added pressure. They already have enough pressure to score. And when you're not scoring for eight straight games, it's mounting even more and, and I think that a guy like Immobile has shown that he can he can handle the responsibility of being a captain and not letting the goal scoring affect him and he can help his team in other ways so I think that's very important and and I respect a guy like you know what that shows character and, and a guy like Ronaldo would never offer a player to take a penalty he, he is the kind of guy who just wants to pad the stats and has to look much better than everybody else which is unfortunate but that's the difference between what Immobile does for his team as a team player though compared to what Ronaldo does for his team as a team player but that that's a whole different volume yeah and I think it wasn't just about Korea earning the penalty I think it was also the fact that Correct me if I'm wrong, but Correa hasn't exactly been scoring a whole lot lately either. I think he's he's also struggled, and and Lazio have had to rely on guys like Luis Alberto and Sergei Milinkovic-Savic and Adam Matusic to an extent to score their goals. So I think that was a veteran move by Immobile to try to boost Correa's confidence, get him a goal, and again, to me, that's that's a sign of someone that's trying to do what's best for the team rather than the individual. Yeah, I actually wrote a piece on Joaquin Correa. I released it today. He's to step up. Oh, his numbers are down, man. His numbers from last year to this year. So, like, his shot attempts are down. I think his dribbles are down, but his fouls are up. So he's been fouled way more compared to last year. He's very indecisive in his shots, and that's really hurt him this year. How many goals does he have? Four. Wow. That sounds like a, a pretty significant drop from last season. Yep. He's got nine from last year, but he has three in Champions League he got and two assists. 
and I said, he's the guy. He's the guy who has to step up for Lazio now. You know what you're going to get with, with, with Immobile. It's fine. But you can only score 20 goals a season for so long. Correa has the ability to finish. He hasn't done it this year. Yeah, but at the end of the day, as long as you're getting results, that's really what matters. You're right. But it can hurt you when you need a Thursday say. Like Correa, Correa scoring that goal on thir- on Sunday was huge. Massive. He played good on Sunday when I watched the game. Napoli have been in, in fine form as well. We've lost only one match of our last nine, and that was a big one against Juventus. But other than that game, we have six wins and two draws. The first draw was a last-minute draw to Sassuolo, where we conceded a late penalty. The second draw was just this past weekend against Inter, which I think was a very respectable result when you consider the form that Inter is in. This game is obviously important to both sides, but I think you can make the case that it's slightly more important to Napoli. And the reason I say that is because Lazio won the first meeting 2-0. So for me, Laziali should be happy with a win or a draw. Because like I said, if you beat Torino, you're ahead of us in the table. So a draw would mean that you would own the tiebreak over us if we ended up tied on points at the end of the season. In fact, because of that 2-0 win, even if Napoli won this game 1-0 and we finished tied in points at the end of the season, Lazio would still own the tiebreak. That said, I got the impression from some of the conversations that we've had offline that you think this match could be very different from the first meeting. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. And and I really think that it's going to be really difficult for Lazio. First, we had Luis Felipe in our back three. But from this match to last match, you got Koulibaly, who's back and healthy. You got Insigne, who, who's ready to play. Here, here's a, a guy who has two goals against Lazio in the last three games versus Bianca Celeste. He's enjoying playing against Lazio in recent time. So that's one guy who Lazio needs to watch out for. But on the opposite end, Immobile scoring a brace, and now all of a sudden he's playing against the Napoli side where he scored five goals, five straight games in Serie A. So... He's also enjoyed playing against Napoli as well. So that should be an interesting matchup. But overall, the back end is an iffy. Now, I would assume that Marisic is going to start on the right side with a Cherby starting in the middle and Radu on the left. That means that a wing back will be Lazzari and Fares. If if Patrick's available, and I know that's not the, the prettiest thing to be saying if you for many Lazio fans, if Lazio is, they don't want to hear that name. But I prefer to have Patrick on the right just because Fadis can't play a full 90 minutes. And I prefer Marisic on the left and having Lazio on the right. It, it just suits them much better. And then up front, you would have Correa in a mobile. And I don't know if Leva is 100%. I, I think you'll probably get 45 minutes out of him, but I know he's not fully fit. So... There's a, there's a lot of questions, but uh, I'm I'm also pleased with how Marisic has played. But the problem is, if we start Fadis at the left side and he can't play more than probably 55 minutes, I've noticed Lulic comes in and Lulic is going to get killed. The guy has not provided much since he's been back. Um, not the same player like he was prior to his injury. It's not his fault. 35 years old, and when you you have like I believe it was ACL or MCL surgery is ankle surgery but when you're out for almost a year it's never easy coming back the recovery time is much longer and it depends on your body adapts too but overall 
Napoli's got much more depth against uh, Lazio this Thursday. And I think that Nzagi will need to pull out some tricks out of his pocket if he's able to beat Napoli. And then we don't even know if Nzagi will be available for Thursday's game because he's still battling with COVID. And apparently today he's being tested to see if he still has COVID or not. And I think by tomorrow they'll know if he'll be on the sideline. But in regards to like you were saying with Napoli, there's there's, there's so many more options is Lozano fit or because did he play on Sunday versus I didn't see him against Inter unless they were arresting him. No, he was um, he was actually on a yellow card suspension, so he will be back. So I think that's a pretty significant mismatch, especially as the match wears on. If you said that Fares has to come out and Lulic has to come in, I think we have a huge advantage there pace wise. You covered pretty much most of Lazio's lineup. I just want to go back to the previous meeting for a second. I I had to actually go back to my notes. You have a much better memory than I do, but I think I had also wiped it from my memory because of how poor of a match it was. Now, you did mention all of those key players that were missing, Insigne, Osman, Mertens, you know, Lozano and Koulibaly left uh, earlier in the match. Lazio scored two very nice goals in that match, but the defending was also really poor by Napoli. The first one was a Chido Immobile header, which was beautiful into the top corner, but Immobile should never be winning headers over Maksimovic and Koulibaly. Now, Maksimovic has had a dreadful season, so we won't be seeing him anymore, I don't think. Luis Alberto scored a lovely curling shot in the second half, but again, that goal started with a horrible pass by Mario Rui into the center of the pitch, and then a couple passes later, and and the ball's in the back of the goal. So it was it was definitely a forgettable match. But as you said, for this match, we're going to have a very different look squad. We're going to be not necessarily well rested, but rested in the sense that we have more players uh, that we can look to off the bench. I think we'll see Alex Meret start in goal because David Ospina is still hurt. Kaladu Koulibaly will start at center back. I'm curious to see who starts with Koulibaly at center back. I think we'll still see Kostas Manolas, but we might see Amir Rachmani because it is only four days after the Inter match, and I don't know how quick Manolas is to recover. He's still kind of dealing with an ankle injury that he, he came back from a couple of matches ago. Likewise, I think we'll see Mario Rui start at left back. I have the same concerns on the left side of the field that you do, where you're concerned about the pace of Lozano. I'm concerned about the pace of Lazzari. We just had to deal with the pace of Hakimi against Inter, and I thought we withstood that pretty well. But we'll see. Maybe LCD Hisai gets the start there. I think that one's a bit of a coin flip. I think the big advantage for Lazio is in the middle of the park, where you have the likes of Luis Alberto and Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. We will likely have the likes of Timoy Bakayoko and Fabian Ruiz, which is nowhere near your midfield. Bakayoko probably gets the start because Diego Deme got a yellow card against Inter, which means he's suspended for this match. So that's going to be a big part of this game. And if Lazio win the midfield battle, then there's this game is really up for grabs. Lorenzo Insigne will start on the left wing. And as you mentioned, Lozano will start over Politano on the right wing. He's well-rested. Politano has played the last couple of matches while Lozano was suspended. And then prior to that, Lozano was injured. So Politano's played quite a bit lately. Piotr Zielinski will start in the 10th spot, I believe, over Dries Mertens. We'll have to see how Gattuso plays that. He may elect to go with Mertens in the 10 
because he linked up pretty well with Victor Osimhen in, in the Sampdoria match, even though he came off the bench. And I do think Victor Osimhen will start at striker. Again, it's debatable whether you never know if Gattuso is going to start Osimhen or Mertens, but I think the way that Lazio play, there will be more space on the field for Napoli to play the ball long to Osimhen. So I think he'll be more effective in this match than he was in the Inter match. So those are our starting lineups. Before we get to our predictions, is there anything specific that you think Lazio need to do to, to walk away with the result here? Well, looking at their lineup, actually, I was actually kind of wrong in some areas. Correa didn't play, and neither did a Cherby when they played back in December, which is really okay. huge, actually. Caicedo actually started up front, and Marici had came yeah. on for Caicedo in that match. So, you know what? We we did have uh, we started Wesley Hoot in the back with Radu and Luis Felipe and um, I think that with a Cherby now available that might make a big difference. I, I expect Correa to start up front. Caicedo will be available on Thursday as he just shared the suspension versus uh, Benevento, so super sub will, will be available off the bench. So that's an encouraging sign. And Escalante actually started this game in place of Label because he was hurt as well. So. There's a few significant injuries that Lazio did have at that time. And most importantly, they were battling through bad form at that in that period. Because I remember that during that stretch, we weren't really winning games. We had him one in one, two, three. It was like they were they they tied Benevento the match before. They had lost Hellas Verona the match before that because of a giveaway from Stefan Radu. And we just barely beat Spezia. Before that, we had lost to Udinese. So they were in a big kind of rough form. And then they played against Napoli and kind of turned it around with a really impressive performance. So the form hasn't been great for Lazio in the last five games and still have managed to win five. That kind of shows me sometimes, yeah, you, you could be in a kind of a rough patch Poor form, not winning the best of, of your ability. But when you start to play teams like Napoli, and then the game after they had played Milan and lost on a bad goal on the end of the game, but they played amazing. I think that sometimes teams like Napoli, Milan get the best out of Lazio. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, maybe playing a side like Napoli elevates their game and they play at a different level and much better than what they have in the last five games. So I'm curious to see how that pans out as well. Yeah, and I think... Simone Inzaghi has a lot to do with that. He's definitely one of the best managers in the league, and I think he's one of the best at game planning for the bigger clubs. He's certainly more tactically astute than Gattuso is. Now, you mentioned that with COVID, unless he tests negative in the next couple of days, he, he may not be on the sidelines. I wonder if that will affect how Lazio play here. Presumably, he wouldn't have been at training either, though nowadays, I mean, you can probably do everything via you know video calls and things like that. So I'm sure Inzaghi will still have his fingerprints all over this match. I did see a report today that apparently both Immobile and Leva didn't complete the training, but it doesn't sound like it was too serious. I think they probably just took them off for precautionary reasons, so we'll have to keep an eye on that and tomorrow's training reports to see if those guys participate. Uh, you have a couple of young guys on your on your squad that seem to like to injure the senior players on the team, <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to watch out for that. Like I said, I'm, I'm really concerned about that midfield. 
But I think we can potentially counter that with the long ball, because if you're playing the long ball, you're basically bypassing the midfield. So that might be a good tactic for Gattuso. And I have a feeling that the team that is better at defending the counterattack in this match is going to be the one that's going to walk away with the three points or potentially we see a draw. I think it has the potential to be a high scoring match. Both teams have a lot of firepower. It's hard for me to say, who would you say, who do you think is a better club defensively? I know Napoli have a tendency to make really stupid mistakes that cost us goals, but I think we've also been a bit better with that lately. You mentioned guys like Achetabi, who's obviously a key part of Lazio's backline. Who who would you say is a, a better defensive team? I say Napoli just because we don't have Felipe. If we have Luis Felipe, I, I think that we can out-defend because I, I still think that Stefan Radu... It's still good, even though I think he's at the age of 34, if I'm not mistaken, or 33. But he's still good for his age and plays a very smart game. And Acherby has been really good in the center. And Felipe has probably been is our best young and bright defender on the right side. So they all contribute each other because Felipe is out. And I, and I like Marisic. I, I will give it to Napoli because... Monolith is not as bad as people think he is. I know that it hasn't been the best of seasons, but Costas Monolith is a very good center back. And like you saw against Inter, when he's healthy and can play at his best, he is one of the best defenders in the back end. And then you got Koulibaly, who's been phenomenal and probably the best defender, I think, in Serie A. Better than Delete, I'll, I'll say, but... People will probably think vice versa. Uh, Delet still has many more seasons to go before he can get to the level where Koulibaly has been so consistent and always been that complete defender. And then you got Di Lorenzo, who, what a signing by Napoli. Credit to them because, what did he cost? Like $9 million or something or something very cheap. And he's been so dependable in the back end as well. So I think the only weak spot is Mario Rui, but I don't even know if he's going to start on Thursday. But... Other than that, Napoli kind of has the edge. And you know what? They even have Rachmani, who has shown positive signs, and they can use him as well. And I know Maximovic hasn't been good this year, but maybe he's having that kind of offseason like Koulibaly did last year, or maybe he bounced back next year or steps up down the stretch. Who knows? But I give the edge to Napoli. Yeah, I completely agree on Manolas. He hasn't really had any consistent playing time this season, so it's hard to get into that rhythm. So hopefully he can stay healthy and and continue to put up these performances. Left back is definitely our biggest weak spot, regardless of who starts there, whether it's Mario Rui or El Cid Hisai. Di Lorenzo has been excellent at right back, especially when he's had the opportunity to get some rest. I think we've overplayed him this season, especially earlier in the year when we were playing in multiple competitions. So matches were every three or four days. He was still playing pretty much every single match for whatever reason. Gattuso didn't like Kevin Malqui, and then we ultimately sold him to or loaned him to Fiorentina. With the center backs, with Maximovic, maybe he'll bounce back next season but it won't be for Napoli I don't think his contract expires at the end of the season so more than likely he's gonna walk he's been linked to both Inter and Milan while he would be playing for an opposing club I do hope that he turns things around because he he was huge for us last season especially in the Coppa Italia and when when Manolas was hurt in fact when both center backs were hurt he really stepped up for us so 
He's been a big disappointment, but overall, I think he was a decent player for us. Let's get to our predictions. I'm sure you have one because you wrote a match preview for this game. What do you think the final result will be? I believe I said, if I recall, 2-1 Napoli. I think that Napoli is going to edge it. They own Lazio at home. I don't have the stats in front of me. So in the last 14 games, Lazio have only won twice. That comes in the city A. But of their, their two wins, they came in the last three matches. But I, I, I think it's been a, a couple of years. It's been a while since Lazio has been able to win as a visitor. So I give it to Napoli. It's not easy to play in their stadium. So I think, like you said, this game has a little bit more edge for Napoli to win. I, I, I just don't see Lazio winning this, especially if they keep on conceding chances like they have in the past games. They were fortunate that Benevento, like I said earlier, didn't score capitalize in the late stages. That's not going to happen against Napoli. They need to play a very tight defensive sound game. And if they don't do that against Napoli, they will pay. Yeah, and like I said, a one-goal loss, obviously not the result you want, but you would still own the tiebreak if you were able to catch up to us in points. I also have Napoli winning. I'm going 3-2. to two. I'm going to give the goals to Insigne, Osimhen, and Lozano, and then I'll give Lazio's goals to Immobile and Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. You mentioned Lazio's record against Napoli. I haven't gone too far back, but I know that Lazio have not won in Napoli in the last five matches in all competitions, and it was only one draw and four losses. So that's a trend that points towards Napoli getting a result here. Hopefully we can not only win, but win by two goals or more, because again, that would help us as far as as a tiebreak goes. Jerry, any final comments on this match before we wrap it up? No, I, I guess hope for the best and good luck. And that's it. Uh, and I'm happy that we didn't touch upon uh, the Super League. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that both teams just don't think about that and still consider that this game has a lot of significance towards the end of the season. So that's, that's my kind of hope and my stance on this is that you still go all and you play and you think in the back of your head that there is a top four spot for something next year. That's all I'll say to that. Yeah, that's a good point. We're recording this on Tuesday and all we've seen all day long is reports of clubs backing out of the Super League and presidents resigning from some of those clubs. So it seems like it's all crumbling and falling apart, but I'm glad that both of our clubs, I guess you can say we're not invited because uh, I'm fairly certain that both of our owners would have gladly accepted had they been invited and only in the aftermath. I don't think there were many reports about Lazio today on it, but I know with with Napoli, there were reports earlier in the day that JP Morgan called De Laurentiis in the middle of the night to invite Napoli to join the Super League and we didn't know what was going on there. De Laurentiis had been silent for the last couple of days and then he came out with a tweet today saying that's a JP who? I was sleeping last night. So that and then all of a sudden everything came crumbling down. So it kind of felt like he started it, though I'm sure that's not what it was. There were protests going on all over the place. There were professional clubs vowing against it. Obviously the smaller clubs that are not part of it. There were fans threatening to stop cheering for their clubs. So I tried to avoid talking about it because I'm I'm hoping it just goes away at this point and and we can all just get back to playing meaningful football and it would have sucked for that to have just continued and and perhaps this wouldn't have been as meaningful of a match. 
hopefully now it's it's off players' minds. It's not a distraction. They can focus just on this match and, and getting a result. Jerry, before I let you go, where can people find you? You're actually very popular in, in the Napoli community. You actually tweeted about this as well today that you're fond about, about Napoli, but on Thursday we're enemies and that's the right mentality and I responded to that. But where can where can the listeners find you on social media and where can they find your work? Um J Mancini8 on Twitter and you can find me at mostly the Latiale. I also do some work for uh, an intersite, Turpins and Modenina actually. But uh yeah, that's basically what I've been doing and some and good Italian football news, but yeah, that's about it. And of course, there's the Caltro Connection podcast at CaltroCon Pod on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fischetti5. And you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forza Napoli Pod. I'll be back later in the week to review this match. But until then, I'm Joe Fischetti. Forza Napoli sempre. Network.